Hello, guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football, on the pitch, off the pitch. I'm so sorry. My voice is still lingering, but hopefully it won't be <laughs> too horrible to listen to. You still got that sexy voice. Yeah, it doesn't seem to want to go away, so maybe Eternally I should. Eternally I'll permanently switch to this voice, but... Uh, I'll see what I can do about that. So why don't we start off with the Premier League? Uh, I would say Tottenham-Liverpool was the match of the weekend. I was very upset that, or not upset, annoyed that all the games were bunched up into, I would say, three-hour time period yesterday. That doesn't happen so much. And so sun- we're recording this on a Sunday and there's barely anything to watch, except Nottingham Forest, if you're... I don't know. It must not be a good thing for their ads like for advertising, because they could stagger it and get a lot of ads. I'm sure they had a reason for it. It's just that we don't know. Yeah, because they always want to make as much money as possible. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think maybe sometimes if they can get away with it, let's say all these teams have Europe during the week, they want to play a little earlier maybe so that they can rest some of their players an extra day. So when they play on Tuesday, Wednesday, mm. it will be less cumbersome. And for example, Chelsea is playing on Monday and they don't have Europe. Right? True, true. But well, I Chelsea could play, could have played today so that we could have watched them and at least... Yeah, but yeah, you see, how do they allow them to play on Monday? Yeah, because not a lot of people are going to watch, right? People are working. So I don't, I really don't, don't understand how they make up their schedule. Yeah, um, but obviously, I'm sure there's more, way more that goes into, into that than, than we are aware of. Anyway, let's start off with Tottenham Liverpool 2-1. It was definitely a very eventful match, but... We were both saying, right, that second red card really ruined the game. Yeah. And the quality just went down, right, after That's that. That's it. You can't, after there is two red cards, then you just can't, like, what are you going to do? You can't watch the game anymore. He um, he basically subbed off Klopp, uh, subbed off Salah and Diaz, I think, and then played with five defenders. So at that point, Tottenham couldn't score because everyone was playing back from Liverpool. But you, but you see, so... That first goal, that all this drama is around the VAR saying that Diaz's goal was ruled mm-hmm, offside, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? The the thing is, everyone now is attacking VAR. They're attacking all so, the, all the referees for this, and the the association PGMOL apologized to Liverpool again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about this. They had to do something similar when they appealed for Van Dijk's red card, right? The ban. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is clearly a mistake. I I uh, even BN called it out. So during half the, the half time, yeah, they called it out and they said this is clearly not a not offside. I don't know what they were thinking. So I don't understand why people are blaming technology or VAR. Uh, tech can only do so much to help us. VAR refs they need to take their time to replay uh, to to I'm sorry to look at the replays and look at the video. I don't mind interruptions to the game. Just make sure you have the you get the right But calls. the solution is not to get rid of VAR. No, no, the solution is not to get rid of VAR. The solution is to tell humans who we've made things so easy for you. Right? Yeah. Technology, you can like do the projection and project the the lines, project like oh the the line mm-hmm. coming out of his hand or from his toe or from his like I don't know finger and then you can you can see everything, right? So why don't you just take a little bit of time? I feel like it was it was poor officiating day for some reason yesterday. And like they were all very uh, quick to, to make up their mind. And like they should just go consistently back to VAR. So as you said, the professional game match officials limited, P-G-M-O-L, uh, horrible name, admitted that the VAR decision Pugmol. was... Pugmol. That's Pugmol. what they call it. I have no idea. No, they Never heard of Pugmol. <laughs> they admitted that the VAR decision was a- an error and they specifically said a human error. Thank you very much for not blaming technology. <laughs> Full statement goes like this. I quote, PGMOL acknowledges significant human error during Tottenham Hotspurs versus Liverpool. The goal by Luis Diaz was disallowed for offside by the on-field team of match officials. This was a clear and obvious factual error and should have resulted in the goal being awarded uh, through VAR intervention. However, the VAR failed to intervene. PGMOL will conduct a full review into the circumstance which led to the error. PGMOL will immediately be contacting Liverpool at the conclusion of the fixture to acknowledge the error. Uh, end of quote. So they also, I think, suspended the, the ref. The VAR some, ref. The, I don't know if, the, if it's a ref, VAR ref or the main ref. One of the refs was, was suspended. The goal could have changed the game. 
Um, I don't think they will. So fans just need to chill the fuck because they will never remove VAR, right? I think VAR, I don't, I, I really judge people who say we need to remove VAR because these people are not, they're not thinking right. Why would you want to go back in time, right? It's like if you're saying, oh, I want to remove Google because now we fact check everything. I don't get it. But you see that I, they, what they think is that why are we going to have something like VAR the technology, if the refs don't know how to use it properly and they're still making... But, but, but what they are failing to recognize is that now it's easy to say, oh, look, they're making all these mistakes. But, bef- but before yeah. VAR, they probably were making way more mistakes. It's just that you didn't know about they, it. They, they, they wouldn't even admit it because... Like, what, what proof would you have? Exactly. Right? You wouldn't know that they were they were making all these mistakes about offside, mm-hmm, about fouls mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's just that you didn't have the evidence. And when you were watching, there was no one drawing that line for you saying, look, look, you know, in they, your eyes, they, it's offside. If information got democratized in, uh, in soccer or in football as much as it did in all other fields, this is a very, very good thing. There are things that I'm still surprised how refs were able to catch so many offsides before. Because they were so close. I'm like, how the fuck did I, you I, I do, it before, I'm, I'm before pretty, the VAR? I'm pretty sure they were still making a lot of mistakes. No, no, for sure. But here, it's just like, it makes everything way more fair. Then it's clearly, now I can tell that it's not a mistake. Or it's not like, um, before you could blame, oh, the, 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 the ref was really far from the action. Like, how could they possibly uh, like be sure that this is offside or not? But now, it's very easy. It's the sole responsibility of the ref, the main ref for the VAR refs, to decide because they have all the technology in front of them, right? They should just go to it. We still need a lot of time for the refs, the VAR refs, and the technology to be able to work in better harmony mm-hmm. so that they're able to make fewer mistakes and all this talk about corruption, I think, yeah, like you said, people need to calm down a bit. Yeah, there could be corruption, but you have no evidence about, of that, right? Innocent until proven guilty. If there are no real accusations, why are you keep saying, uh, obviously, it's always going to be against certain teams and there's some conspiracy theory about certain things. But at the end of the day, it did seem in this game that the refs were a little more generous with Tottenham and harsher on Liverpool. But I don't know. I just honestly think that, that what they did is just they were too quick to decide. Yeah, I agree. But at the end of the day, don't, you think, very close. don't you think most things, when you play so many games, it balances out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I, I, I really doubt it. Or I don't think at least that there's a specific agenda from certain refs against certain teams. I don't think that's the case. This, all, this whole conspiracy, conspiracy theory is, I'm sorry, it doesn't go anywhere. And it's just some days refs don't have good decisions and they just need to get better. There's a lot and of- there needs to be consequences, right? So that next time the ref will say, okay, I don't care if I'm delaying the game by five, ten more minutes. Since everyone is now comfortable with ten minutes additional uh, yeah. time and everyone wants more minutes. So let's just do it. I'm just going to take my time and I'm going to go back and forth because sometimes we're wondering, why the fuck is he taking so long to decide? This is so clear that it's offside. This yeah. is so clear. The only thing that they can't solve, which in the manual game was a bit complicated, is the handball. And that and that's fine. right? That, that I don't blame refs. The, the, the rules are really complicated. Oh, it's intentional, not intentional. Where would he put his hands? Does he put his hands in his face? I don't know. It's just very... Di- but don't you think we're very harsh with refs? Because... People make the argument that now, before they used, they didn't used to be professional. Now they are actually professional. They don't have any other jobs. This is what they train for. This is what they put them through training for, and all of that stuff. But at the same time, look at the players. They're professional players. They make a lot of mistakes, and they have really bad days. Fans just love. Why to sit is yeah? Why is it refs just become the really easy scapegoat if it doesn't go your way? Like obviously there are days where it's clear, but we can't say collectively that there's a huge mm-hmm. problem with VAR. There's a huge problem with refereeing that we all need to fix this. Let's boycott against VAR. Let's boycott against this. The, the point is, I think you there should be consequences for refs. And the second thing is, since it's not a systemic problem in my opinion against a specific team, you will get your chance at some point. Yeah. You might be robbed in one game, but you probably won't be robbed, but it would be, it would be to your advantage in another game. Exactly. So, so, for example, people saying that during the City t- game, right, like that uh, the refs were harsher towards City and lean- more lenient against Wolves, what I'm thinking, well, maybe, yeah, because they didn't get that penalty against yeah. United. So maybe they, uh, they got better, they got luckier than this Yeah, game. or at least, at least in the Premier League, they come out and say this is a mistake and 
there's there's some like accountability in yeah, in, in Spain they don't even do that so I I already think the Premier League is probably doing a good job. Uh, yeah, it, definitely. I think this thing is overblown. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if we go back to the game, it was a dramatic game where Tottenham wins against a nine-man Liverpool two-one with a very very last minute own goal from Matip. So unfortunate. Worst way. F- worst way. To <laughs> I feel bad for him. Like really. Yeah, it's it's horrible. It was a good game though. I really like Tottenham this year. Good midfield. Richardson and Son seem to get along really well. They have they have serious defensive problems though. Very easy to score against them. Massive spaces. Uh, Madison, such a good player, probably the best signing in the Premier League. Uh, uh, maybe right after Drew Bellingham. Kulusevski, fantastic game. Bisouma and Sauer were also really good. Um, I think, I think they're both good teams. Honestly, Liverpool and Tottenham, both really not bad teams. Uh, they, they, I think they will go far this year. They do both have the same problems, which are massive defensive problems. But uh, their their goalkeepers were really good, specifically Allison. He oh had really God. good saves. Allison's too good, man. But I think these two teams are favorites to be top four, in my opinion, so far. Allison, best goalie in the Premier League. He is a bit underrated. He is so good, but people don't talk about him. Maybe it's just because they expect a lot from him already. But I don't think... He's, he's established. Exactly. He is just that good. I don't think that there's anyone else in the Premier League that can really compete with him in terms of being all-rounded and good at all the things a goalkeeper is supposed to be good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you in that both of these teams have defensive problems. Even Liverpool, when you look at them, they're just so much stronger offensively than they are defensively. Mm-hmm. Whenever Salah gets the ball something's going to happen. So you just feel like he's going to find a way around the defenders. He's going to find a pass that no one else can see. I do think that there it does say something that Tottenham was... They were running out of ways to score. They couldn't... No, even, no, but that makes sense. Even before Liverpool went down to nine men... It's the true meaning of park the bus. They couldn't find... At a, at a certain point, you just felt like they weren't going to score anymore. Yeah, because that's it. Like, and you only score if there are spaces if the other team is taking chances and, and leaving their spots They had a open. stroke of luck from Matip, right? Because it was... I really... And also, at the same time, because they were down to nine men... So it, dramatic. It ruined, it. it ruined the game. It was boring. And I also just felt like Tottenham weren't going to score. Like, this was just going to be... Yeah, but it was... It's really, like, you can't... Even, like, if you were sitting around and trying to write the story, you would write a last-minute goal and you probably wouldn't even think about your own goal. You just yeah. say, oh. but now it just happened. You're like, wow, this is amazing. You see Matip, I love like, this. holding his yeah, hands, it's like, his it's, face. It's like, like a movie, right? It's like oh, my God. And the Tottingham players celebrating as if one of them had scored the goal. Great stuff. Great stuff. Honestly, yeah. fantastic game. So much, so emotional. So much passion. But I agree. I think both of these teams have a good chance of making top four. Although I still put my money more on Liverpool to make it um, further, like over a longer stretch of time, because Tottenham they're mm. starting off well, but we don't know how they're going to be able to maintain this level of performance. Just for mm-hmm, example, we're going to mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm. about Brighton maybe a little bit. They will have more ups and downs. True. I think that Liverpool will, and Klopp is such a good manager. He has so much experience. He's few flaws. One of them, I I did see someone talk about this, and I do agree. He feels very close and loyal to some of the older players that he doesn't want to bench. Mm. And sometimes you need to bench certain people, play different players, newer players, younger players. But yeah, he has a a strong attachment to certain, you know, of the old guard that he wants to play all the time. It may not be the best thing for Liverpool. But anyway. That's true. That's true. I have a lot of faith in Liverpool and Klopp. Yeah, same. How about your favorite team, City? Oof. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, their, their first Premier League loss since February. Uh, and they Poor earlier you. lost to Newcastle this week in the Carabao Cup. So, so a bad week at the office. Although in this game, I think they played even worse. I, I, I think yeah. City were pretty terrible. The, the passing was bad. They were a mess. They were constantly dispossessed, which not that characteristic of City, I would mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Even though Ruben Diaz scored an own goal, I don't really put any blame on him individually. I blame Every- Foden. Everyone Foden makes Ake. mistakes. Yeah, like, they, honestly, Foden should have committed a tactical foul. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're all following this Neto guy all the way from Ake mid... D- Ake He's like, and Ake is, I don't know, what sort of defendant is that? Like, I don't blame Diaz, obviously. But Ake d- usually doesn't play in that position, so I'm not gonna... I mean, Ake is a bit too late for him. He's already in the box, the, 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 the attacker, mm-hmm. so... 
maybe Foden should have done something, should have been a little bit more um, defensive. But in any case, Ake had a really bad day at the office. He just couldn't keep up with Nero the whole game. Uh, Doku was not great. He always did a lot of balls. You don't know if he was crossing or shooting. I don't know what the fuck he was this doing sometimes. So, uh, let's go to all the players that just sucked, okay? Because Jeez. the... the, the oh, the real, the, the senior, more senior players and the, the people that hold, the glue that holds this city team together, none of them were there. Rodri, KDB, Stones, Bernardo Silva, like most of them were not there, right? And so without those, you would call probably those people the, the playmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Because when, when the playmakers are not there, you can tell that the creativity is just not there either. So the people who came in to replace them, none of them were good enough. Phillips, he came on as you hate that guy. the only pivot didn't work. Grealish was crap. I'm sorry. He came on. You, I know we talked about Doku. Most like he didn't have. He kept, he kept losing possession. He kept dribbling randomly. But Grealish was worse than him when he came on. Foden, Foden, yeah, didn't have a good game at all. And Nunes and Kovacic that started off with the two midfield pivots. N- neither of them played well either. They both struggled. Nunes only made two passes into the final third. And he that's why, I think one of the reasons why he was also subbed off in, like immediately in the second half. Holland barely touched the ball again. Yeah, he didn't have good but supply. But that's classic Holland. It's not like But a- like we keep saying, right? He's someone that if you don't have elite players around him, he can't really do anything, especially he's, he's, if he's well-marked. He's in the series. Right, which is unlike Mbappe or Kane or any of these players. No, no, it's not right? the same. Exactly, exactly. It's not... It's not he's, um, he's not a playmaker. He just scores goals. Yeah, but he does his job. Like, if you if you look at the numbers, he still does his job well. He, he needs a good team around him, right? And it's fine. Some I, players are like I that. I agree, but don't you think that... It's just hard, right? Like, if you just compare numbers, it's very hard to say that he's not a good player. Yeah, you can't. I don't, I don't think people should say that so, because he does his job, positions himself in the box, tries to to score, but then you need to have But at a, a certain team point, around. teams are going to be able to mark you so well that if you don't have other skills, then just to be I don't there... Think that, I don't think here this was the case of marking. He didn't, like... There was no creativity coming from outside the box from the other yeah, players. Yeah, I agree. So he couldn't have done anything. And let's also not take away from Wolves is very good defending. Defending. Wolves is very good defending this game from Dawson and Gomez. Really, really good. They they saved some true. Which they haven't been doing. Yeah, but, throughout uh, their first. Seven yeah, I, it looked like it was it was their game uh, to win. Talk about efficiency! I mean, three shots scoring two. That yeah. is some. And the the Korean guy. <laughs> yes, as Pep calls him, he will remember Huang's name now. Dude, imagine if you've done that in the US, it'd be called racist. And I don't know why this. Pep does that though. He's he lived he's lived in the UK for so long, so if you don't remember the guy's name, yeah. just don't say anything. Yeah. No, but he was already talking about the people in the front. Well, that's attacking. what I'm saying. Just stop there. He already listed two people. He can't. So just stop. And others. Uh, I mean, true, it's, it's true, fine. True. You don't need to say Korean also, guy. Also, dude, how, how hard is it for you to remember the name? Like, we, maybe we are obsessed with football, but we know most players in the Premier League, right? He felt a bit flustered. And we have other jobs. We have our proper jobs where we need to know a bunch of other things. No, but sometimes I forget people's names. But I won't. But if I said the Korean guy, no one's going to go after me. Yeah. Will they? <laughs> but don't they spend hours and hours studying it's their like, formation? Do you know, do you know what it is? Players? I agree. Do you know what it is? It's kind of like Luis Enrique when he didn't know Unahi's name. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of embarrassing during. Anyways, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Well, social media did it. The Kore- they wrote, I know. The I know. Korean I saw that. Awesome. No, I feel like the admins yeah. in like all these pages are getting a bit more. Uh, ballsy and trying to be more innovative and more funny yeah but Brighton got like yeah exactly like, in ass. they needed but, a bit some humbling but they needed uh, uh, a bit of humbling honestly part. yeah the, the, the one highlight of this game was probably Alvarez it's just that Alvarez can't carry the whole team he's getting good and good and good at free kicks oh. just like Hakimi just Hakimi, like Messi no, but Messi's alone, of course. Yeah, but Messi's, Messi's he spends time with Messi maybe that's so. what maybe, maybe Messi also taught Hakimi a little bit also, I, I highly doubt it. But anyways, the only two players that I see now that are kind of good at free kicks are Alvarez and Hakimi. But I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so tired of having all the possession and a ton of shots, but not scoring. Poor thing. You, Poor, I feel really bad for you. It's, shut up. <laughs> but you just, you look at the shots and be like, oh my God, they've had so many shots. But I never at one point really felt like City were going to score all the goals. Boring City. Actually, I didn't feel like this game was that boring. <laughs> 
Take the take the ball past the ball. Take the ball past the ball. Take the ball past the ball. Never score. Exactly. Take the ball past the ball. Past the ball. Well, let's move to the more. Um, I'm not done ranting about it. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, why why won't you give me more time to feel upset? It's, you 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 should lose sometimes to 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 make two. You need to experience okay. loss. Okay, tell me when was the last time they lost two games in a row in a week though? It's good though. It's good. That doesn't for happen. That doesn't feel, happen to a lot of. For you to feel happiness, you need to feel. Uh, Uh, like sadness, right? But this is what Gary Neville <laughs> says, right? He put Arsenal to he put Arsenal to win the league. Nah, man. And one of the, and one of the reasons he says is because when United won the treble back in the day of Alex Ferguson, the next season was tough because of the stuff mentally. No, but right? it's not City. This you're, is City. You're exhausted. Ro- ro- robots. No, they're not it's robots. They're human. At the end of the day, you can tell that they're tired on the pitch. Nah, man. They've been at it for multiple years. I don't think so. Anyways, we'll see. Uh, well, the other uh, neighbor is not looking good either. Well, at least they <laughs> looks, lost with us. Looks way worse. Man United versus, versus Crystal Palace. Another embarrassing performance from Man United. A lot of possession, kind of similar to the other Manchester, uh, but no point. Not very, as many shots, though. Yeah, not as many shots. Uh, very hard not to concede in the Premier League. I, I, I know there was a marking issue uh, in the free kick that yielded the goal, but it happens, and I really don't think it's... On Onana, it's very hard to get. I don't know why people are yeah, even blaming him again. It's, it's ridiculous. It was a great shot. Really, really good shot. Please stop doing that because you take away from the the actual goal and like the the, the guy who scored the goal is is, is he's really talented. Uh, it's not even a midfield problem. Uh, I just don't think they have good players offensively, right? They don't have players who can score. They don't have good wingers. They don't have quality players that can score, and that's 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 all of it. Like they, I, I thought they looked better defensively and in the midfield. Uh, Amrabat seems to be I think he's not a, not a bad addition he doesn't play in his spot he was average a bit all over the place sometimes lost lost a few duels as well but again not his position why yeah why is Ten Hag playing him there I do think Amrabat got lucky with that handball that could have been a penalty no no, no but I agree but they were I, I don't think it's a penalty right because the ball is coming too fast that he doesn't have a, a time to react Right, he didn't expect it at all. I mean, I'm not so like. No, I'm no, not, I, I, I saw, I saw, it. No, and also there were there were two other handballs in that specific game. No, I agree. I'm count. just trying to pick out in that just for him, not talking about other people. I'm think I still I still think he got lucky. Could have been a handball. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I thought the ref was horrible. A lot of the tackles that Amrabat did. He counted them as fouls, which they shouldn't have been fouls. And other other like uh, tackles that the people did against him, he thought they were fouls. It was, it was horrible. And that had a, a massive impact on Amrabat because then he couldn't defend anymore. It was a horrible game because I, there were so many calls that were wrong. A lot of things were bad. That ref was really not, not great. I mean, he, 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 again, he didn't cause this, uh, this loss. His uh, menu were not great. But it's... It is what it is. I don't know why this weekend the, the officiating was not good. I don't know. I think they need to find people who can score. That's the problem. Amrabat and all these these players, they could do a lot of things. You can't rely on Casemiro to score. He shouldn't be scoring. He should just be doing his job, right? And he sh- his job is not to score. So maybe figure out a way to make to get players that can score. I I don't know. At the end of the day, that's think, what they like. Do you, do you think Rashford should keep should keep starting? Who who else do they have? Garnacho. They can saw him. That's fine. Why not? Be- but the thing is, I don't like... With this team, Manchester United, I really don't find it helpful to just look at indi- blaming individual players anymore because it seems like a systematic, a consistent problem across the team that you can't just say it's Onana, it's McTominay. They shouldn't. No, it's no. Rashford. No, no, but They uh, have individual but problems. But offensively, offensively, you could say that that's, that's a bit of the problem. I right? agree, I agree. But like, it's not enough just to say, oh, Rashford needs to fix this or so-and-so. Because, yeah, I agree. Like, Rashford does have problems. He's really bad off the ball and he's really lazy. And so, and he doesn't have that. He's someone that you can see it reflected on his face when he's really upset and he doesn't want to try. And I remember last season before he went on that run or like two seasons ago, he seems very depressed. Like, it was yeah. just constantly, like, very upset. And he didn't want to try. People, players get lazy, right? And the thing is, though, last season, at least he was scoring. So it was okay the fact that maybe he was less uh, willing to track back or less willing to defend or run and all that stuff. But this season, because he's not scoring as much and because the whole team is not performing that well, you can't get away with that kind of behavior. Uh, but nine points from seven games, I do think, is is uh, the worst start they've ever had in a really long time. It's really bad. 
Mm. It's disastrous. For a team like United, it shouldn't... I, I really can understand why fans are upset because this is not the standard that they're used to. And I, I honestly, in Hoyland, is not great. I'm sorry. They need people who can score. I, I, I don't care. You need... Even if you can't find a, like a solution to actually... Maybe you should be able to shoot, right? Yeah. Do something. I mean, right? up front, Create. the only player that is a top player, I think, is Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, he's the only one who tries uh, to shoot. Everyone else, I don't know about him as captain because he doesn't seem like he's bringing any cohesiveness to this team. But when it comes to him being a team where he could walk up to other, walk onto other teams and be able to contribute as well, be able to start and all that stuff, I think the only one is Bruno Fernandes because all the other players, Palestri, yeah, Garna- uh, Hoyland, Ra- even uh, Rashford, even Garnacho, I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to be I agree. the top choice of these other top teams. I agree. And you look at even the, the ratings on all these on uh, all these apps like look at Amrabat, Mount, Varane, Dalo, Casimiro, Fernandez, all of them have good ratings and then you go to Rashford, Highland, Palestri, horrible, horrible ratings, horrible ratings, it's, just, it's a clear problem, right? then you need to be able to score, you're always gonna concede because you don't, you, this is the Premier League, you're not playing in fucking, I don't know, like the League 2 or something like that, so get your shit together and score. I don't know. I I don't even blame Ten Hag anymore. Maybe Martial is not great. Like even on the bench, I don't know. Maybe even Barcelona has better players. Are you kidding? Of course they do. So let's quickly touch on Aston Villa Brighton. Uh, I feel embarrassing. I feel I feel bad for Brighton. I don't feel bad for Brighton. I think they need some humbling. Do you? Great. Though? Yes. Great hat trick from Watkins. Uh, second one of the season. Watkins, Watkins, Watkins. Watkins. What's the difference between Watkins and Watkins? I can't say the difference. Like <laughs> if it were an O or A, never mind. Watkins. Watkins and Watkins. All right. <laughs> anyway, second hat trick of the season, and I think he was very upset that it could have been a super hat trick, but the fifth goal or the mm-hmm. sixth one, he shot it and then it re- like the it rebounded. rebounded, it rebounded, and the other guy scored it, and then he's like very upset. What a selfish bunny. Oh, Anyways. <laughs> also, a Supinian own goal. There were a lot of own goals this weekend. It's, 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 no? Yeah, I agree. And it was, it, I mean, a Supinian was stupid. Like, Matip, I don't blame him. Ruben Diaz, don't blame him. But they have really, really big defensive problems, Brighton. Yeah, the goalie is not good. They're not consistent. You can be a top team and concede this much. This is kind of embarrassing. And a lot of mistakes. Like, Watkins basically could, uh, like, he was doing whatever he, he pleases. Uh, yeah, br- 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 this defense was a horror show. Yeah, br- Brighton were sloppy. Pat- they gave the ball away I a know, lot. Exactly. I didn't expect that. And, from and Brighton. they also can't defend against counterattacks. I, I feel like whenever a counterattack is happening, they don't know what to do. Yeah, and the thing is, though, because they were so poor defensively and because they were so sloppy all the time, that's when you really need to take advantage of your chances that you get. And they mm-hmm, didn't. Mm-hmm. And s- three goals in twelve minutes. That's how sloppy yeah, they are. I. They could, honestly, they just got completely outplayed. I don't know what good good job Aston Villa. Bravo! You had a great game. You increased your goal difference by five. <laughs> That's a fantastic showing. So Brighton, maybe Ansu Fati at least scored his first goal. Um, That's true. That's the only silver lining uh, for for um, Brighton in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he makes his team better necessarily. I, that is yet uh, to materialize, but we'll see how Brighton gets. Going yeah, people, from this people have been talking to, talking about them a lot. Maybe the pressure got to them. But I don't think Aston Villa is gonna make top six necessarily. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's too early to too early to tell. There's a lot of good teams. It's very very close. If you look at the ranking in the Premier League, it's so fucking close, right? Uh, West Ham is seventh with 13 points, and City is first with 18 points. Yeah, so but we. But it's, we. It's, it's it's I mean, Man United is is a mid table team. Good, good stuff. And Chelsea is... Where's Chelsea? 15th. It's okay. They have a game in hand. They can move up a <laughs> that's, bit. That's, I mean, you expect them to win, though. How great it is to see Chelsea 15th. Ah, it's so nice. They have, good things happen in the world. They have one or two more easy fixtures left until that hard, hard No run. such things. No such thing for Chelsea. Yeah, we'll no see. I fixture. think they're playing Fulham, right? They're playing Fulham away. And so we'll see if they move up to 12th. Wow, <laughs> great stuff, great stuff, Chelsea. Um, other thing, the only thing I want to say about the Bournemouth Arsenal game that they won 4-0 is about Kai Havertz because I'm very annoyed. 
Kai Havertz scores his first goal for Arsenal, a penalty. Yay! Was a penalty? Yeah, a penalty, <laughs> not an open play goal. So let's let's please keep that in mind. I really don't know why people find it so cute that all the Arsenal players are congratulating him. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you, you bro. You got your first goal. That is literally his job. That's what your boss. I him. don't get any of this by going to work every day. Why don't other players who are worth way less than Havertz or more than, not get this kind of support? I really don't understand it. This is a penalty. This is his job. Also, he's not a defender or anything. He plays as, honestly, yeah, he plays different roles, but doesn't matter. He's still, you know, offense, of offensive player. They La- should shut up about this. Life I, is so easy. It's for not cute. It's not cute. Oh my God, you scored your first goal. It was a penalty and they are so happy for him. Oh, look, Arsenal, they have such good... <laughs> Did the fans talk like this? Let me finish. <laughs> look, Arsenal have such good team spirit. They're hugging each other. They're so happy for him and Declan Rice. Wait, you saw them hugging each other? Yeah, like uh, right after he scores a penalty wow. and then all over social media, they were congratulating him. Oh, congrats, bro. You got your focal. Nice. It's like... Are you serious? This guy got bought for so much money. This is his job to assist and score goals. And you are, you're little, it's, it reminds me of when Wegforst uh, was on loan at United for a year. And there were all these memes of like all the United players holding his hand, trying to get him to score a goal because he, he couldn't score a goal. But this is worse. This is so much worse. He's not a loanee. He uh, is worth so much more money than Wegforst. He is so much more hyped up than, than Wegforst. He should be able to score fucking goals. Why is it that we're just saying that? Oh, you're just giving him a pass. I don't think it's cute. I don't think it's funny. I think you, Arsenal you needs to... You feel really strongly about it. It is annoying mm-hmm. because oh, look at all of us working hard doing our job who is telling us oh good job you get up you got up in the morning and you sure. went to work i don't understand <sighs> jesus and it was a penalty that they gave to him Odegaard didn't take I it I, I i don't think i don't think there's much i don't expect anything from him i think this is all you're gonna get from kai Havertz. Oh, it's God. not that he's gonna so go back to his mysterious r- amazing level this is this is what you see what you what you see is what you get right now at least anyway um other interesting games, Newcastle beats Burnley 2-0. Super rough starts for Burnley. Still not a single win, sadly, even after a good game this week in the Carabao Cup. But we have to congratulate Luton because they're the first promoted team to want to have won a game. True, true. So congratulations, Congrats, Luton, Luton Town. Town. <laughs> uh, I still want to go to their stadium. Uh, I yeah. think it would be like a, a really good experience. Anyways, uh, Burnley, uh, actually they won this week in the Carabao Cup uh, against Salford City 4-0. I, but they lost against Newcastle. I feel really bad for them, but at the same time, I don't understand why he doesn't play Zaruri, who had, I don't know, four assists or three assists in the in the Carabao Cup game, and he was really good last year. So they... Morocco need, Gate. I don't, I don't think so. Company seems like a nice guy. I don't know. I really hope they figure uh, their, shit to, their shit together, because I... Figure their shit together? Is, what did I say? I think you were trying to say figure shit out, and then we were also trying to say get their True. shit together. So you True. I know. I mix, That's really smart. I didn't even realize it. Because I like company. I think he's a, I think he's a great guy. And, I, and they had such a good year last year, so maybe uh, they, I want them to stay up. I want them to stay in the Premier League. West Ham beat Sheffield United 2-0. Maybe not a true test for West Ham, but a Bowen and Suchek scored. And a lot of other players missed a lot. Sheffield United, not a, not, not a great defense, so not a test either. Uh, with Burnley, Sheffield United look like they are they may be relegated this year. Also, I think Sheffield United is last. One point. Oh, my God. That is so sad. How many? Seven games and one point? Oh, fuck. Burnley I also. Mean Burnley the same Yeah, thing. Burnley is six games and, and one point. Oh, my God. That... I don't know how you get out of bed and go play games when you only have one point. I know, it's tough, that's, man. That's really tough. You might as well just go back to the championship because you'll be winning games. But it's not as embarrassing as PSG's tie with Clermont-Ferrand, uh, 0-0. Embarrassing, their Oof, front. That, that stadium. Yeah, that's, uh, so the stadium is embarrassing. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, it's, it's, can you believe that stadium is a stadium for the first league in France? But this team was one of the top no, five but, leagues, but, maybe not but, anymore. But this team wasn't pre, uh, just promoted, right? No, it wasn't. Just so it's promoted. not like Luton. That yeah, it's not excuse. like exactly. So okay. what the fuck are you doing, in France? So it's embarrassing for PSG because their front, like their first three players uh, in the attack, are worth more than three hundred million euros. So that's extremely embarrassing. I, I, I. There's well, you, not much I can do. I can say about this game. Well, you can say Mbappe is not completely back to normal yet hey, fuck that like why are we giving him passes just go and score man do your fucking job anyways madrid beats 
Girona 3-0. Bellingham. Yes, Jude Bellingham man of the match again with one goal and one assist. Best sign-in. I think that His we agree on. His assist for Hoselu, everyone's talking about it. It's very much like what Modric, um, Modric would, would do in the mm-hmm, past, mm-hmm. right? And the, the third goal, wonderful tap-in as well. Chalmini scores his first goal for Madrid, which yeah. mm. I thought was he's been there True. for what a year or so. Yeah. I want to ask you though, do you think Madrid is better without Rodrigo? Because Vinny is back now. He was back in this team. He didn't get he didn't have his best game, you know, whatever. Give him some time. But they didn't play with Rodrigo this game. And maybe he got something. I think he's good, end, honestly. I think he's, I think he's really good. It's just that he's not as good as Vinicius. But you Jr. see, if they want to play with Rodrigo and Vinicius Jr., why does Ancelotti keeps sticking with his midfield diamond. Why didn't they just do a 4-3-3 and just put Jose Lu in the middle and then have Vinicius Jr. and... They always put Jose Lu in the middle? You Well, now they play two up front. So they yeah. play either Rodrigo and Jose Lu up front and, or Vinicius Jr. I don't know Jose how efficient Jose Lu is going to be in the front. I just don't think you can rely on him to be in the middle, in that middle front position for him to score. I, I, he's not... I don't know. I just don't think Madrid has that... He's not like... I think he's already doing... A lot for what we expected from him, or maybe what Madrid fan expected from him. He's uh, he's okay. Because I do think with a player like Vinicius Jr., if you're going to play so narrow in the midfield diamond, you can't take advantage of Vinicius Jr. as well, as much as you could, if you played as three midfielders in the middle and mm-hmm. have two wingers. Yeah, that's true. I just I think that and Vinicius used to he thrived in that formation last season, and this season they're going to come in because they need to f- try to work in how are they going to work in Bellingham along with the other because that was the problem right like when Bellingham but came l- in how are they they, gonna, they had Benzema as well yeah I agree but still like that's 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 a huge <laughs> I think is the problem is because Ancelotti is trying to figure out how to work Bellingham best into this team because he's the only one that scores for him. Well, also because he's not a striker, right? But at the yeah, same time, you can't still, put him on the wing. So yeah. he has to play midfield somehow. But like, where are you going to put him with Cruz or, or Camavinga? Uh, sorry, Chalmini or Valverde, you know? Yeah. But Camavinga actually is, is doing okay as left back. So because he, doesn't, he's great. he, he he's didn't great. used to always play that mm-hmm, position. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I think he's very super Good job. Um, Girona lost. Uh, they lost their first position in La Liga, unfortunately. Uh, it would have been a great story for Eric Garcia if he gets to go to Girona and wins the league wouldn't that be that's why he was trending yesterday yeah he oh. scored he scored uh, last uh, in the last oh, game oh Eric Garcia went to Girona I completely forgot about that so he scored in their last game that they won <laughs> which got them to the first position in La Liga and then now they are good for Eric Garcia after all the hate can, he got can, can Girona um, please finish above Barcelona that would very, be that would be so funny it's very possible very possible because uh, let's talk quickly about the Barcelona game against Sevilla uh, not convincing they need to improve a lot it was on Friday they won by um, an own goal. goal another own goal yes the week of the own goals from Ramos which must have been very special for the Barcelona He fans. even said before he really wanted to score his first goal against... Uh, for Sevilla, against well, Barcelona. there you go. There you go. Joao Felix needs to be more clinical. And especially against a super... like It's, it's really open Sevilla team. Not strong defensively. And the series injured, so he didn't play. Uh, Cancelo, really a lot of potential. But loses the ball a lot. He still needs a lot of work. I don't think you can rely on Cancelo as much. He just has a lot of talent. Yeah. But... But but I'm sorry. Needs a lot of you work. know that pass, that run that he did, yeah, that yeah. almost converted to a Very goal. Nice. Oh my super god, nice. the ba- yeah, super nice that one. That one is impressive. Um, at the end of the day, it was a lucky game. Uh, I think Fermi needs more minute. He's really good. Always glad that Rafinha was subbed off in the 37 minutes. Was he really? Because I didn't watch the game. He was injured. Be, yeah, I was working, Supposedly. so I didn't watch it. He was injured. Supposedly. It didn't look from the apps that he was injured, and it wasn't in the. He was night. very upset, like when you saw him. Get subbed off. Yeah, he needs he needs to calm calm down. So I'm glad Firmin uh, got to play. The whole team needs to be better at finishing. They suck. And um, uh, funnily enough, uh, Sevilla's coach stopped playing the goalkeeper. He was he chose over Bono. So last year he chose another goalkeeper mm. over Dimitrovic, and now he doesn't play him anymore. So he's playing the third goalie. Yeah, because he's not good. He's not. He hasn't been performing well. So now he's playing this guy named Nyland. <laughs> So, Sevilla is really not great this year, by the way. Comparable to early last year. They had two wins, one draw, and four losses. And their performance is very correlated with any series performance. So, last year, similar, around the same time, any series was shit. 
or he was injured so they were great then he gets much better towards the end of the year and then of course they get better so it's, just a, it's a very tough position to be in as a team to rely on someone like in the let's not look too much into your spurious correlation it is a correlation right look at the number of goals i'm not like i'm not i'm, I'm it's you can you can look at it yourself the last one i want to talk about last game is Bayern ties with RB Leipzig 2-2 they were down 2-0 in the first half I was very happy because they didn't play Masrawi so fuck them worst first half when ever when you say they you just mean Tuchel Tuchel uh, Puchel as the people on Twitter say uh, if they lost they would have been 5th or 6th in the Bundesliga it would have been so nice to see I'm really really sad that didn't happen uh, Leimer and Goretzka horrible everyone's complaining about them same story. Don't understand why he doesn't play Mazraoui as right back. But anyways, Ulrich, not great. The goalkeeper, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not really sure. Uh, but he did save the goal at the very end, which I thought was really, really bad finishing from the RB Leipzig uh, player after a really nice pass from that guy, Jabi Simmons. Upamecano sucks. He is so bad. I don't he hasn't been good since Nagelsmann left. Dude, he hasn't been good since Upamaguire. Basically. Yeah, that's when Nagelsmann left. Yeah, so so uh, he was playing in the Champions League that was and made Champions all League those game. mistakes. Exactly. And it was right after N- Nagelsmann had left and Tuchel had come in. Poor yeah, kid. Nah, I think just, that no. that beat commentator called him Upa Maguire and just he got it, the that, Maguire curse. That just sealed it for him. Exactly. He said like that for a while. <laughs> Delix is way better, but he's injured. Now if you're a player, you're just like hoping to God that this random Arabic <laughs> commentator doesn't, call, doesn't, doesn't call you something Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> because it is, it is like he has not been great since that since that specific moment. Um, uh, anyways, we don't want to talk about Masrawi. Should have played instead of Limer. And but Limer to be should... honest, both teams just weren't that great. They weren't that great. So just Limer is not bad. Just put him in the midfield instead of Goretzka. I think Goretzka is, is the worst of all. I don't think that he has that many options in midfield. That's a problem. It's right? just, it's just, uh, it's very hard to be a, a Bayern fan. Um, I feel really bad for them. So they don't play good football. They, they really, it's, it's, it's so different from the. Uh, old Bayern that everyone feared and that, like it just like gives you Madrid we still, vibes. I mean, we still feel we still fear their fans, but maybe not the team. Uh, Arsenal, th- did you notice how Raya starting consistently? Poor Ramsdale. Yeah. Bye bye. Because Ramsdale. he started. Uh, Ramsdale started for the cup, so he's gonna be now the cup goalie. No, poor guy. Oh, Ramsdale, what did you do to deserve that? So he's not starting for England and he's not starting for Arsenal. So. Ugh. Yeah, you, you see how your relationship matters with the coach? It yeah, doesn't matter course. if you play in a better team. You can play in a team that was about to be relegated multiple times. <laughs> multiple years. Are we, are we going to get into Southgate picking players again? Because I'm so bored of this conversation. All right, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, last thing I wanted to bring up is the AFCON 2025, which I know nobody cares about, but I still want to talk about it. So Moroc- Moroccans care about it's it. It's really not even about Morocco that I'm bringing this up. Just because I find this interesting. There was a leak and so on and so forth. So Morocco were awarded the hosting of the 2025 Africa Cup of Nations finals on Wednesday. They won by default. I'm sorry. This is very... Look at what happens. They won by default after Algeria, Zambia and a joint bid from Benin and Nigeria all withdrew. Like, this is very weird. Right before the vote, they all withdrew. Like mysteriously? No reason? They, they thought that they were going to lose, and so they went through before the vote of the CAF's executive committee. Mm, this sounds fishy. No, no, no. I don't think so. I mean, so part, of, part of it is why it was rewarded, I think, probably, because they had to vote. Uh, like, if... Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, they didn't have to vote, because they withdrew. But I just think it's not really professional for you to just withdraw. It should be months before, not days before, which is ridiculous. Uh, it's only the second time Morocco hosts an Afghan. Crazy, right? They organized uh, only one in 1988. And it will probably be held in the summer. Just because this Afghan, the 2023 one, is held in Jan in, in January 2024. 20, 20, right? Because it was delayed with COVID and all this stuff. It's always delayed. It always seems like the Afghan is a second thing that nobody cares about. Like, it, historically, other clubs, like teams like all of that they don't care how much about the afghan you it's mean not like as important. you mean they think euros is important enough of course but, euros but is afghan, important okay. copa america more important and then afghan uh, okay so morocco is hoping this decision will help them boost their chances of hosting the 2030 world cup with portugal and spain uh, also they won't hold like also what's tricky and we've talked about the afghan before is that it's held in january so it clubs hate it because january yeah. everyone's already playing so this one might be held in june 
pushed to June. And also, it was hot in January just because of the weather, right? Yeah. Africa's really hot. So now this one's going to be pushed in June because Morocco, like a few cities in Morocco, are not that bad. Are cool enough. Yeah, are cool enough in terms of weather. The problem is it's around the same time as the first edition of the newly minted kind of like um, World Cup of Clubs in the U.S., with the multiple teams and all of that mm. stuff. So that will be very tricky. So chances are the AFCON is going to be delayed even more, I think. So um, I wanted to talk about the selection process. This is what I found interesting because uh, some information were leaked about it. Uh, so the CAF states, and I quote, in awarding the AFCON 2025 and AFCON 2027, CAF took into account the extensive reports of the independent assessment committees which visited and assessed the bidding countries, end quote. So, interestingly enough, these independent assessment committees for the AFCON was Roland Berger, or I don't know if you know the, it's basically a really famous, and PwC. So, Roland Berger is a really famous German consulting firm that is really present in, in, in Africa. Why did you say in a French accent, though? Oh, because I, I have a lot of, I, I know a lot of people, people who work, work there. People work there, and yeah, they exactly. just say that. Yeah. That's why. Uh, maybe Roland Berger. How, that's Ro- how Roland Burger. Roland Burger, but German. anyways, but it's it's very it's very French still. Like they have a lot of. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I actually had at some point thought it was French. Uh, me too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, me too. A strong presence in France, but it's just interesting that it's a consulting firm who uh, gets to uh, look at it and decide. But I just I wanted to talk about the the metrics. So they grade each country on a few metrics, and somebody leaked the list. This is not supposed Why? to be. Why? Is this, is this so controversial? It's not controversial. Oh, it's just, okay. You're not supposed to look at the list. So they do the grading and then they give you the reports and then the, the executive committee will vote. So what are the metrics? So first one is vision, concept, and heritage. Okay. Second one, political, economic, social, and environmental aspects. Third one, judicial or legal aspects. Then safety, security services. Then stadium. Then accommodation, training, and train infrastructure. National infrastructure, event promotion. And this... Uh, lastly, organizational and financial aspects. I'm sorry, I think I forgot about one. Yeah, no, the last one is the organizational and financial aspects. So it's it's effectively a weighted average, okay. the, the final score you get. Uh, but I wanted to talk about a few scores because it makes you realize how Africa still needs to, uh, like, since a lot of development, right? So Morocco basically got an aggregate score of 85%, right? And Algeria, 72 while Zambia, 49%, and Nigeria, Benin, 46%. But shouldn't there be a discrepancy between Nigeria and Benin? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a joint bid. No, I understand, but like, yeah, in I don't terms know how of infrastructure... It's, it's and, well, it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if... That, I was also surprised about that. It's so Benin, Benin is br- dragging them dra- down. I mean, I, it could be, but I'm not really sure. So maybe score, maybe, Nigeria, maybe Nigeria is not as developed in the infrastructure as you maybe, think. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So, for instance, events promotion... In Nigeria Benin got 6%. It's crazy. Security, Nigeria Benin got 36%, which I'm pretty sure it's not Benin dragging it, but Nigeria because of Boko Haram and all this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, vision, concept, and heritage, Nigeria Benin got 28%. Like, it's just, it's just incredible. Uh, like, it, the, 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 the grades that if, like other African teams got are, are, are disastrous. Well, at least Morocco got a 99 for vision, concept, and heritage. And I mean, 98. Yeah, oh, sorry, but, 98. That's a 98. Okay, yeah. that sounds... Also, how, what is the judicial legal aspect? I think it's just are like courts. Are they rating your courts? Yeah, Your exactly. court is 99%. I was very surprised about that. <laughs> okay, let's not go into... We, we'll get into trouble. If no, no, I think... I, think I, I don't know how they evaluate it because even Algeria got 95 and Zambia got 98. So maybe it's... I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it just makes you realize the discrepancy, as you said. If you take out a few African countries, such as Morocco, even Algeria, I think they're very good. Uh, they built a lot of stadiums. Egypt and South Africa, mainly. Like the rest, it's, it's, just, it's just very hard, right? And is it a priority for them to spend that much money to organize this competition in all these countries? Is it even beneficial to the local communities? Where are they going to get the money? Maybe you could say that it actually builds the infrastructure. So this AFCON will be organized in Cote d'Ivoire or Ivory Coast. Maybe it's beneficial for them. The Olympics did have a massive impact on London and Barcelona. 
I do think that Barcelona but, and London, I don't know. Like, the way people looked at Barcelona before and after is massively different. But they've done a lot of studies about this, especially in more developing countries, relatively speaking. The benefit that they get from hosting it's the Olympics so small. Is, is not enough. It dwarfs the amount of money True. that they spend. Makes sense. It, they did this, for example, Beijing was a really classic example of this. They spent so much money yeah, but that's, on that Olympics. But no, but the Beijing spent, like, an incredible amount of money. Yeah, I understand. Same thing with Russia. Like, yeah. it's just, it happens a lot in that these... Not the like most but the, Western but countries. But these countries can't afford to spend that much money to begin with. China and Russia can't afford. No, I agree. I'm just saying usually, usually they will say that trying to host the Olympics is not a net positive. Like they're not going into this hoping for a lot of that, especially at least financially. You may think, oh, maybe reputation wise, maybe image wise, maybe a bit of sports washing, whatever it is. But if you just look at it from a financial perspective, it's not lucrative. What, You're expected to lose money. It that, depends on... Uh, like dep- London too did. Like, it depends on is... your horizon. If you look at Barcelona, tourism went from 1.7 million in 1990 to over 10 million in 2019. So I don't know. It, it did create a lot of jobs. I just think it's trickier for these African countries just because right now they can't, a single country can't afford to organize an AFCON. So now they're going to make it all like it's going to be a joint bid between multiple countries, which is much better for like countries like Benin and Alta. But you think even Nigeria can do something like this. It's, it's really ridiculous. It begs the question, how should we go about all these? Like, is, is football important enough for us to spend so much money building stadiums that nobody's going to use after that? Because you need to have a good national league for you to actually... Like, why are you building state-of-the-art stadium if you don't have national leagues, a good national <laughs> league for you to use after Post that? Post-AFCON in, in Europe. No, you can't do that. <laughs> or it's always going to be the same countries, but they also want to give a chance to other... Uh, it, it's tricky, right? I remember Morocco played once in a in a country where that had that had suddenly had a um, a coup. It's very tricky when it comes to security in in a few countries. Even South Africa was tricky because they had like uh, crime there was 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 really Honestly, bad. Yeah, Africa just really limits the number of countries that you can pick that would make it safe for everyone and have it a pleasant experience. Because yeah. realistically, it's still also a very pl- poor also continent. Also for the players, right, to have a to have that's to be the, able to play well. That's the problem, right? The problem is that it's very hard to convince players that play in Europe to come and play in Africa because it's really hard. That's why it doesn't matter if you're a really good team or if you're an amazing player, you can't simply win. Not the best team was in Africa. Because you have to go to stadiums. Now it's getting a little bit easier. But you have to go to places with really big, with high levels of humidity, with like not great conditions. Like even the filming, like I remember watching all this stuff, the Champions League in Africa. It's crazy for this mm. guy. People don't realize it because they're used to watching European football. But it's yeah. just another just another level. We'll see how the Cote d'Ivoire one will, will be. I mean, Cote d'Ivoire is not a small country. They have a lot of history when it comes to football. So it's probably going to be better. It's just, it's just a bit sad because it makes you realize how underdeveloped uh, a lot of parts of Africa are. So we hoped you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening from. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.